of the world. This is the Podcast Business News Network. Here we go. Marissa Murray joining us live now, CEO of Leaderly International from beautiful Montreal, Canada, but serving clients all over the world. Welcome to the show today. How are you? I'm great, Jill. How are you? Good. Thank you so much. Pleasure to have you here, and you have such great energy. (laughs) Um, I know you offer so much in the coaching world. Uh, We're going to get to that. Very excited to have you here. Uh, Just to point out off the top, her website is leaderly.com. That's L-E-A-D-E-R-L-E-Y.com. And at this point, I would love to introduce us all to Marissa. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. All right, so let's talk about some of the uh, programs you offer as an author, as a leadership expert, executive coach, and speaker. Would you mind giving us a little introduction? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been, uh, I started my business eight years ago now, and prior to that, I was a management consultant for about 20 years. So I've been doing consulting in some form um, almost all my career following a brief stint as an engineer. So I have kind of a technical mind, a very analytical mind. Uh, but I work, I work very much in the gooey business of strategy and people and trying to get us all to collaborate to accomplish amazing things. And so that brings me to doing uh, individual one-on-one coaching uh, with executives. I also work with teams to help with their cohesion and ability to collaborate. And I also do uh, speaking on various topics that are pretty important, uh, skills like influencing skills and skills like um, having difficult conversations and building trust between teams, things like that. Uh, and yes, I, I managed to author two books and I have a third <laughs> one that's coming out in the fall. Oh and I love goodness. writing uh, mostly because it helps me synthesize everything that I'm learning. I'm very much on a learning journey with my clients. You know, leadership is a very dynamic field and it keeps changing and we all have to continue to evolve our skills around that. So Beautiful. that's a little bit about me. Well, there's so much to you. We're going to talk more about this uh, one-on-one executive coaching program you have. And uh, before we do that, I just want to start with uh, what brought you into this field? I was reading that you were an engineer by training and could you share a little bit about your background, where you grew up, what you were in and what brought you over to the executive coaching side of things? Yeah, absolutely. So I was I was actually born as, just outside of Toronto, um, and I loved math and chemistry. Those were my favorite mm-hmm. things growing up. So I love figuring things out. I love how the world is kind of built from um, building blocks and chemistry. Yeah. So I love chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I decided to study chemical engineering, and I went into... Uh, all kinds of industries from that place. I worked in, I did a minor in environmental engineering as well. So I worked in the automotive industry trying to improve the quality of, or the environmental impact of manufacturing. I worked in the pulp and paper industry, which is another area that needed a lot of innovation and evolution. Uh, and I love the, I love the challenge of the data. And then I ended up doing my MBA to, um, you know, sharpen my business skills because I started to realize that, you know, it's not just the technical challenges that you have to face. You have to kind of build a strategy, build a team. So there was a whole skill set that opened up to me after my MBA. And then I joined uh, Accenture as a management consultant. And that was also an incredibly rich environment for learning because I was on project after project with a bunch of different companies. 
so and always coming in in the context of trying to drive change, building teams together, trying to get an outcome for the company in a very short period of time. And so all of these things just kept drawing me towards, uh, I think, the area that I needed to work the most on, <laughs> which was really just my ability to lead myself and lead others and lead change. And over the years, I just uh, started to become more and more fascinated with how that all works. And when it was time for a change in, in my mid-40s, which I called my middle-age awareness, it was time for a change, something a little different, uh, I decided to start my company. Wow, amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's important, I think, to get to know you before we begin to talk further. <laughs> wow, there's a lot to you. Um, I know today you want to talk a little bit about the realization uh, in regards to the journey, right, to being the best leader and uh, really in life. You mentioned at home and the workplace uh, and in the home place that leadership really is so important. Could we talk a little bit about this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the reason why I called my company Leaderly was just because I consider it to be kind of an, an attribute that we should all strive for. The highest compliment, I think, is to be Leaderly. And uh, despite the fact that my father makes fun of my... <laughs> um, but said that my, my name of my company was funny. <laughs> but you know, I think that the idea is just like, how are you showing up? It's really that deliberateness about designing how you show up, both in your life and in your, you know, in your life and at home and at work and with your, you know, spouse, with your children, with your uh, coworkers, etc. So I do think we all are, and maybe it's my engineering design background. I think we all, all we are making design decisions about the attributes we wear and what we exhibit in our in our places, and we experience impacts based on those choices, whether they are intentional or not. And so I do think that there's just so much richness and growth that's possible when people spend time really reflecting on why are they behaving the way they're behaving? What are, what are the drivers, the thoughts, the beliefs behind um, those instincts that they have and really thinking about their instincts? And so that's part of what I think it means to be leaderly. It's just to be really deliberate and reflective and strategic about who you who you show up as on a day-to-day basis in basically every interaction. And, um, you know, leadership is super important uh, and in all aspects of life. Look, I'm a mom, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, that's a lot, the, the leadership in general. And then you got work, you got everything. But I just want to say one thing, and I've got to ask your opinion on it, about the pandemic. Uh, with this heightened uh, anxiety and all the, the bad that came from it, I think there's a lot of good that came from it, too, because a lot of us had to relead, reinvent ourselves at the wheel, wheel in a sense. And I just want to ask you, with your executive coaching, um, have you worked with people affected? by COVID who are now reinventing themselves in a sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was so much change thrust on everyone during that period of time. And, and it's kind of ongoing, right? There's still uh, yeah. there's still after, after effects and, and, you know, continuing in certain regions, continuing to struggle. Um, so, you know, it was, it was an interesting time. I, I think that people kind of shifted through um, – you know, having to go become very reactive. So, like, leaders generally try to be very proactive. I talk about this in my TED Talk, and I talk about this in my second book, Iterate. Um, leaders try to be tra- very proactive, right? We want to think about, like, what what do we want, and how do we get there, and what's our plan, and what's our goal, and, what, and, and we don't like to be reactive. We don't like every day to just have to react to what's going on. It happens, but we don't like it. 
um, COVID really uh, kind of messed with two types of leadership. That that proactive leadership was very difficult because we just didn't know what was happening on a day-to-day basis. There were a lot of change being thrust on us in an accelerated amount of time. And so we became, and we had to be kind of reactive, right? But but most of the time to try and figure out, but, but really we're not very good at leadership when we're reactive. And so what I found that we had to emerge was just kind of a new way of being, and I call that interactive. It's sort of this blend between iterate and being active. And interactive just really means that, like, you're, you have to kind of get into this mode where even though you don't really know what the future holds, you just are trying to do the best you can to iterate through the day, to iterate through what you're facing, and trying to advance as much as you can and, you know, given what you know, because there's so much uncertainty. So I saw people having to do that, you know, in just with their businesses. Some of my clients were CEOs of service businesses that were severely impacted, and they just had to sort of iterate, like, what does today look like? What does our portfolio look like? What does our employee base look like? Who's, who's healthy? Who's not? You know, all constantly. And then people had to iterate with what other health um, you know, advisories they were getting, et cetera. And so the way, the reason why I think that's an important style is because it lets you kind of manage, it's a different energy around stress. You're just kind of like surfing, you know, it's like, okay, I'm a surfer and there's these waves, like which waves am I catching next? And how do I remain calm and just trust that if I iterate every single day that I will make progress, even though it's very uncertain times. Yep. Beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. My goodness. Uh, and also, I know leading self, you want to talk about some of the practices that uh, you say that we can master, you can help us master, I should say, to be more consistent, more competent, more effective, and um, also uh, leading in general. And there's something I was reading before about spinach in our own teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead. I'll let you take the stage here. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, leading self is kind of the foundation, right? I mean, there's just this, you know, we we think about leadership as leading others, but ultimately, in order for us to effectively lead others, we have to really be able to understand and lead ourselves. And so self-awareness is a really big um, and, hum- and humble exploration. Uh, how do we just try to intensify our self-awareness? And how do we understand our impact on other people? And I think that this is something that really is very important for um, for people to get help with because generally it's it's just like the like what you said you it's hard to see the spinach in your own teeth right you need a mirror yeah, to be able to always see. I have a good friend like I love the friends that are honest with us right <laughs> yes and the, and the friends I you know I I eat a lot of salads so maybe that's why I think about that analogy I eat a lot of salad with a lot of spinach. And so I need people to, you know, to nudge me sometimes. And so um, for me, that's all about, like, number one is developing the curiosity of where am I having, I know my intention is to do, is to good, do, um, have a positive impact, right? But what impact am I really having? What do people see that I don't see? And another way to say that is what are my blind spots? And we all have blind spots. It's impossible to not have blind spots because for the most part, our blind spots are actually really tied to our strengths. So we'll be really good at something and there's always a bit of a shadow side to that over um, exhibited strength. And the shadow side is kind of our blind spots. There are these things that we impact other people in ways that 
don't optimize their ability to collaborate with us or to follow us or to or to lead us. And so a lot of what I like to do in coaching is really demystify this this process of self-awareness by helping people get da- get data, get feedback, and helping people see and listen to the feedback in kind of a non-dramatic way. You know, sometimes feedback can be really hard for people to take because I think they, they see it as very personal. And the reality is it, it is sort of personal, but mostly it's the other person's observation. Your impact on another person is kind of personal to them. And so it, you can kind of look at it as, neutral data you can sort of say okay when I speak this way this person feels this thing that's mm-hmm. it's about them but then you can figure out okay what do I need to do more differently to have the reaction that I want from them and also you know the work that you do um, I just want to point out again uh, the website leaderly.com what's holding you back in your organization and uh, there's so much that really that you could help with the strategic prioritization leadership development collaboration uh, and consulting and coaching they do it all <laughs> and you also have a, it's an academy it's an online uh, course correct that you can help people work with their you know positive mindsets yeah, we do. We do have as well just uh, online programs for people that want to do self-study. So absolutely, because a lot of times we can, you know, there. It's. It, I think that what happens when you start to work on your leadership is you just realize how much upside upside there is and how many sort of skills you can unlock. And so I love it when my clients kind of become really addicted to their own learning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so that means like picking really good books for you to read, finding online courses for you to read, uh, for you to do. And and then also, you know, where you have, when you're going through a, you know, a difficult time, maybe you're going, you're in a new role that's really difficult. You're in a new company, you're in some kind of transition uh, or there's just a mandate that you're on that's just really challenging and that you absolutely need to succeed at then you might want to have some more personal one-on-one support. But there's lots you can do Great. just in terms of, you know, owning your own learning. All right. And at this time, we got to take a quick commercial break. So, Marissa Murray, just want to remind everyone, it's Leaderly.com, L-E-A-D-E-R-L-E-Y.com. Uh, do you want to share our phone number as well before we take this break? Sure. It's 514-236-9332. Beautiful. All right, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more after this break. Please don't go anywhere. Are you looking for even more of the podcasts and hosts that you love? The Podcast Business News Network is proud to announce that you now have even more ways to listen live. Check out the MyTuner Radio, Online Radio Box, and Simple Radio apps on iOS and Android, or find us online. Search for Business News Network on MyTuner-Radio.com, or search Podcast Business News Network on Streama.com and OnlineRadioBox.com slash US. Take your podcast on the go and don't miss a minute of the action. Have you been affected by covid Need help with life coaching or growing your business? I am a business psychologist, trained consultant, and coach that can get you hired or get your business or nonprofit back on track. My services include strengthening and growing family-owned small businesses, career and interview coaching for individuals, resume writing, business and marketing planning, strategic planning, and consulting for small business owners. Become more during COVID. Please visit AJGanalytics.com for more. Hyundai Elantra versus Honda Civic. Look what Elantra has and what Civic doesn't. Hyundai Elantra wins every time. 
Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back to the show. We are so excited to have Leaderly here joining us. And we're learning today about all the benefits of this type of executive coaching that could really help you. And our guest, of course, Marissa Murray. She's the CEO of Leaderly International. And she's here today talking about this journey. She's helping all of her clients go on to really, uh, you know, improve themselves overall. And I want to welcome you back to the show. Thank you. Great. Well, there's still so much more that uh, I know you want to talk about on your sheet here. Uh, what other area of aspect of uh, coaching and executive presence, and what else did you want to share with our listeners today? Well, I think that one of the things that um, I'd love to sort of uh, to work on my clients with is, is, to, is to reflect on where they are experiencing negative emotions. <laughs> so it's kind of a funny thing to do. Sometimes I ask people to kind of write down time of day. It's a little exercise you can do. What time of day it is. So, you know, it's you know 1030 to 11. And what am I feeling at work and what am I doing? And to keep a little bit of a log of the emotions that you go through on a day-to-day basis and the kinds of activities that are causing you uh, some of the negative emotions. Because the one emotion that I see a lot in, in leadership and in in senior positions is frustration. A lot of people are just experiencing frustration just way too frequently. And we have to understand that when we have a negative emotion, we're basically secreting a whole bunch of neurochemicals that are not good for us and also erode our intelligence. So cortisol, which is the main stress hormone neurochemical, uh, gets excreted when we experience frustration, as an example. And it, it actually limits our ability to think straight. And so in a time that we might need to address an issue, we're actually kind of sabotaging ourselves because we are flooding ourselves with a neurochemical that's going to erode our ability to think straight. And so a lot of times what I what I try to, you know, encourage my clients to think about is how do we eliminate uh, as much as possible frustration? And first we have to see where it's getting created from, and then we have to think through what can we do to shift it? Now, sometimes that involves reframing situations. Sometimes that involves seeing things more neutrally, uh, trying to not get ahead of ourselves. Sometimes it means um, collaborating more closely with others. There are more people that could be helping us. There's a lot of reasons, but negative emotions are meant to be sort of a signpost in my mind that says that we need to address something, that something is not working. It's not supposed to be a state of mind that you're in day after day after day. And can you tell us, like, um, or give us an example of how we can increase that positive mindset, in a sense, to get the best out of each and every day of our lives? Could you give us an example or two, maybe some things we could just do right now here at home, uh, you know, people listening in the car, anything we could do to increase that mindset? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a lot of it is, um, it's basically two key things, okay? One is how do you reset your body okay and and the most powerful way to do that because basically you have to signal to your body i don't want i don't want this stress feeling anymore i actually want you to activate our parasympathetic nervous system so basically we have a nervous system that is responsible for getting us all like reactive to whatever we're feeling so it's supposed to excite us so that we can take action and we have a parasympathetic nervous system which is designed to help us relax and so when we start to get overly agitated or overly, we have to basically tell our bodies, okay, hold on, 
Let's activate the parasympathetic nervous system so we calm ourselves down so we can think straight. And the, one of the best ways to do that is with your breath or with your touch or with looking at a beautiful picture. Or So our senses, for instance, our senses like touch, see, hear, feel, those uh, um, and breath, breathing, smell, those are shortcuts for the body to recognize that you can take a little bit of break. And I, I like to think about it this way. If you're the body and you're kind of like you think you're under threat, it's not the time that you start to smell the roses, right? Like if you think you have to run away from a bear, you don't stop to smell like a beautiful rose on the side. You just run, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you so so the, so if you deliberately stop yourself and smell a rose, for instance, and take a nice deep breath, uh. then your body kind of says, "Oh, I guess we're not stressed." Let's activate our parasympathetic nervous system because clearly we're not, you know, we're fine, right? And so one way is to just use your body, use your senses to kind of calm yourself down. And that is really important to be able to do as many times a day as you need to do that. And they're kind of like micro-meditations or micro-mindfulness things. So that's kind of the, once I'm triggered, how do I use my body to reset? And that's a real leadership skill, a real leading self skill. And then the, the second piece of it is, what are the thoughts that are driving the feelings? Mm-hmm. See, I used to think that I had feelings, and then I'd think about why I felt something. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, it's our thoughts, usually repetitive ones and usually unconscious ones, mm-hmm. that are driving the feelings. So, for instance, you might get an email, and you'll just see who it's from, and you will feel stress. Yes, that happens a lot. I get it. I get it. <laughs> And you're feeling stressed because there are thoughts in your mind about how that's going to be a negative email or that they're upset about something. There are thoughts that are sort of automated about that have been linked to that particular person's name and email. And so a lot of that is just sort of, you know, thinking it's kind of ridiculous. I'm not a fortune teller. There's no way for me to know what this email is about. There's no way for me to know. That's a very irrationally sort of negativity bias that I have. And so really reshaping those and looking for those repetitive thoughts that drive those negative feelings. Um, So that's how you can sort of just really see the world as, you know, there's nothing that you can't handle that will come at you. Like, and you're only going to get stressed after the fact, not before. Because a lot of us are preemptively stressed Mm -hmm. and it tires us. It just tires us. It's not protective, right? We worry a lot, for instance. And worry just tires us so that when actually life does throw a challenge at us, we're actually just tired. Like, so it doesn't prevent the bad thing from happening. It just makes us tired so that we can't actually handle it as well when it does happen. And if you continue to just really help modulate your emotions, then when some difficult things do happen, you'll find a surge of energy that's there for you to handle it. Got it. Well, thank you for sharing that. My goodness. We still got five minutes left here. Uh, So what else in particular do you want to share with our listeners today? My goodness. Well, I just love to uh, encourage everybody to prioritize themselves. I mean, I think leadership development is a really important form of self-care it's really working on leading yourself and leading others and leading change creates so much more ease in your life so we think about self-care sometimes as you know you know going 
going for a massage or getting our nails <laughs> getting done, getting a pedicure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all those things are, are absolutely lovely too. But really working on how do we master our mindset? How do we create more ease in our relationships? How do we keep more ease in our work? I mean, this is one of the most impactful versions of self-care. And sometimes we underinvest in ourselves. And I just want people to kind of dive into um, dive into those experiences, realizing there's a lot of payout for them. It's, it's interesting. I used to have kind of a similar dysfunctional attitude about sleep. You know, I'd be like, I need to sleep less so I can get more done. And I remember my coach telling me, I want you to dive into bed like it's the most pleasurable activity in the world. And I started to do that. (laughs) And it just made me realize how, you know, important really good rest is, right? And so so I think thinking about, like, what are my self-care? How do I make sure that I'm setting myself up? And how do I include my own development and growth as as a self-care activity? Well, thank you so much for sharing all this, for joining us and being here today. Also, um, I believe at the, the, you want to mention um, a particular quote, was it at the end that you had for us? Uh, A little inspirational thing. You mentioned your blind spot is your breakthrough. That was it, right? Uh, And then you said this is a quote from uh, your new book coming out in 2023. This is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Your blind spot is your breakthrough. I like to throw, I like to say to myself a lot. Because sometimes I just find myself confused about when something is difficult. You know, I have two boys, and they're 18 and 15, so they're teaching me how to treat them as adults, as an example. <laughs> and so sometimes it's, it's difficult, and I, and I kind of remind myself, okay, if there's tension, there's a blind spot, and if I can find this blind spot, there's a breakthrough right behind it. Great. Well, thank you for sharing all this. And uh, wow, uh, it's exciting to find out more about your book as well. I want to talk more about that next time for sure. And uh, in leaving our listeners today, uh, would you like to share your website, uh, phone number? If someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best form of contact? Yeah, the best is my website or also you can take a look at me on LinkedIn um, where I post quite a bit of thought capital. You can also on my website sign up for my Be Leaderly tips, which come out every Tuesday that uh, people really enjoy just a little pick me up and a little a little nudge and a little tool uh, that you can get once a week for free. So that's something they can do as well on my website or reach out to me on my email, which is Marissa M A R I S A dot Murray M U R R A Y at leaderly dot com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Pleasure getting to know you today and having you here. I really love your energy, Marissa Murray. Uh, if someone does want to reach out, please go to the website, leaderly.com. And uh, of course, uh, you offer initial consultation, correct? Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Thanks again. You have a fantastic day and looking forward to next time we speak. Hopefully it's next week. And to our listeners, we appreciate you. Stay tuned. More of the show is on the way. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. For nearly 2,000 severely injured veterans, everyday life has become filled with barriers. Day-to-day simple tasks can become pretty daunting. I have to carry my chair up two flights of steps or have somebody do it for me. What scares me the most is just the falling. When I'm struggling with my house, I think, you know, to have that one great barrier just knocked down, I mean, it's... It's crucial. 
Home for Our Troops is a wonderful nonprofit that builds a mortgage-free, fully adaptive, handicap-accessible house. And there's no catch. It'll be our very first home that we've ever owned. This is a game changer. This is where your life begins again. We need you to join us in completing this important mission. Please visit hfotusa.org and help build homes and rebuild lives. Because of you, everything's going to be okay.